going deeper with God. This show exists to refresh our relationships with our Father by having a place to go with Him each week. Pastor Barbara Moore and Dr. Becky Slaybaugh call upon the Holy Spirit to guide us in deeply reconnecting with God. You can learn more about Barbara and Becky at goingdeeperwithgod.org. We pray that this show helps you grow in prayer, hear the voice of God, and keep Jesus in your soul. All right, let's go deeper with God. I want to go deeper. It's Saturday and it's going deeper with God time. We are so delighted that you are tuned in today and spring is in the air. You can smell spring in the air. You can see spring in the air. There's new growth everywhere. Even mature trees are putting out their buds right now. And then I love the baby sugar peas that are popping up. In my front yard, I have chives, I have onions, scallions, I have some carrots left over, I have parsley, there's sage out there, and I am drinking some tea that has mint in it from my front yard. For those of you that know me, I am an urban farmer as well as a radio show host, and... Um, but I want to talk about my favorite subject right now. A couple of days ago, I had a young woman that was before me, a 20-something, which is my favorite age group. And I said to her, I asked her my favorite question, how do you go deeper with God? She looked at me. It was like her head jerked back. She went, and she kind of leaned forward and looked at me, and she's like, what? I said, well, how do you go deeper with God? She paused, and she said, well, I, I guess I would get stronger. So I said, oh, stronger. I said, that's an interesting word. I said, what does stronger look like? She said, well, I guess I could actually really read my Bible every day, and then I probably might get stronger in that. So be it, we, I say, for her and for all of us. The Word of God is alive, and it puts more, since we were talking about soil and spring, humus is that rich stuff in our soil, and the Word of God puts some unction in our junction. So for, for the springtime, let's all get back in the Word, and especially this Word today, that will line up with what we're going to talk about. The Song of Solomon in the second chapter has a wonderful promise from God to us. My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. You see, the winter is past and the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of the doves is heard in our land. Amen. The winter is gone, folks. We're going to go deeper with God today. And we have two of my new and very close friends in the last 90 days, Jim and Jackie Morey of your 21st century business card platform. They've brought new life into my life because I have had a book spring forth from me that was inside me for 20 years. How are you doing, Jim and Jackie? We're doing great, Barb. Let me take you, Barb. We're doing well. Awesome. Let me just take a minute to, uh, to share their bio with you. Jim has been a Microsoft guy for 17 years, if you can imagine, and he uh, he's I think what you call a Cody. Were you a, is that what you would call what you did a Cody? Well, I was most wrote 
technical documentation for server products, but yes, I have done some coding as well. Okay, so that's actually the lower stuff. So you did the the bigger stuff, and I apologize for not um, translating that properly. And then for the last four years, you've been studying internet marketing, and you have created several end-to-end -end marketing platforms that have made thousands of dollars. And you gathered and nurtured hundreds of email subscribers and used advanced features of MailChimp to move them up to VIPs. I could use that myself. <laughs> <laughs> but most of all, Jim is a blessed husband, and he has two of the cutest little kids you've ever seen in your whole life. Um, Jackie is a multiple number one Amazon best-selling author. And she helps professionals do this. Listen to this, listeners. Broadcast their knowledge and sell their expertise. And meaning, this means that she helps them turn their knowledge and expertise into Amazon best-selling books, web TV shows, live video streaming events or shows, online training, online courses, and webinars. And they are also the founder of Customer Strategy Academy. So now that we know that about you, we thank you that you're with us today. And we're gonna, the name of our show is The Poverty Mentality Among Believers. The Poverty Mentality Ab Among Believers. So we thank you too, J Jim and Jackie, that you are going to talk about um, how surprising it is that mature believers can have a poverty mentality. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct, Barb. And you're going to give us some insights into this deceptive mindset that like robs people, right? Yes, we'd love to do that. Okay, well let's just jump into some um, questions right now about the poverty mindset among believers. So Jim, I'm going to ask you the first question. Would that be okay? That'd be fine. So what is a poverty mindset or mentality? Well, the, the poverty mindset or mentality is, is a, one of the best definitions I've gotten was out of uh, Mark Pfeiffer's book, Breaking the Spirit of Poverty. And he says that it's, it's a sense of lack in all things. It's the identity or self-image that controls the way people think. They see circumstances, judge reality, and draw conclusions about themselves and others. And it includes money, but it's not limited to money. And basically it says that people who live under the spirit of poverty or the, spirit, the poverty mindset never feel strong enough to survive, never feel smart enough to succeed, fortunate enough to catch a break, or loved enough to be secure, nice enough to be friends, or prosperous enough to get ahead, and wealthy enough to give to others. And it's really a, a sense of lack in everything. You know? And it's, the interesting thing is, is it's so normal. Uh, he says it's, it's normal for us to think this, um, especially as believers. It's quite strange. So that is a familiar way of living? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a way of living that, I mean, because we serve a God of, of infinite um, power, of infinite love, of, of infinite resources, and yet we, we kind of live a life of, of as small as possible. You know, we, we live below the radar. We don't want to overextend ourselves. We don't we don't feel empowered, I think, to do the, the great dreams that God has given us. So this, the picture I get is they're kind of looking at life, and things happen for other people, but they're not happening for them. That's exactly a great way to say it. Hmm. 
Well, um, Jackie, I wanted to ask you then to stay on this this to topic of the poverty mentality. What are the negative results when believers have this poverty mindset? Well, Barbara, first and foremost, a poverty mindset opens the door to fear, mm. worry, and stress. And we all know that when we are in fear, we're not living by faith. And you and I know that without faith, Barbara, it's impossible to please God. Hmm. And there are other negative consequences of a poverty mindset. Number one, an entitlement or welfare mentality. That hmm. is so prevalent in our society today. Hmm. And then number two, the fear of success. This is pretty interesting because this, this mindset says, I don't want to be too successful because I'm afraid I'll fall into pride like the devil or greed and the mammon spirit will get a hold of me. Instead of believing the Lord and saying, you know, I'm going to declare that I'm Father God's son or I'm Abba Father's daughter, yeah. and he'll make sure to correct me, to gently correct me, should I move towards pride or greed or the lust of the eyes or the lust of the flesh, right? Hmm. And the last one, one of the negative consequences of a poverty mindset is rarely daring to dream big. Interesting. Yes, and if a person, Barbara, with a poverty mindset does dream big, they'll eventually sabotage themselves or they'll devalue people and treat people like things or slaves. You know, I do a lot of trauma uh, counseling work with people through prayer. We ask Jesus about the roots of things, but I, I just, I, I don't want to go too far off here, but does this work with the spirit of rejection too, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it really can, because if we're in poverty, yeah. we look at ourselves as being small and unloved, cared for. And so I think the spirit of rejection comes in there and reinforces that, saying, see, God has rejected you, yeah. because all these other people are very successful and they're doing what you want to do, but God's rejected you. For some reason, there's something broken with you. And and I think the, the poverty mindset and spirit of rejection work together to kind of like the one-two punch to us in order to keep us down. So it's an image of yourself and God, kind of. Exactly, exactly. So then, Jim, um, how did you discover that this poverty mentality is actually unbiblical and anti-kingdom? Well, that really started all back when I was in Bible college. You know, we, we studied the Bible in, in the regional languages and did a lot of exegetical studies, and I started seeing patterns in what Jesus was saying. Hmm. You know, especially like you look at Matthew 25, where he talks about the, the rich landowner giving out the, the counts to different people. And, you know, I think unconsciously I was living in it with a kind of a socialistic mindset where hmm. everything should be fair. And if you have a guy with lots of money, he should give that money to the people who have very little. Hmm. And in, in this thing, it's the exact opposite. You know, the guy with the most talent, you know, the most uh, ability to earn money, he gave the most money to. And the guy with the least, he gave the least to. And when it was all said and done, he said, you know, says, take the talent from the guy who had one and give it to the guy with five. Yeah. And so I started seeing an imbalance of, you know, things aren't, you know, Jesus didn't have that mindset. It's about investment. And that he always expects a, a return on his investment. Hmm. And that started making me think, well, I, I think I have a poverty mindset. Because I see this Jesus saying, hey, 
I'm going to give you five counts. I expect five back. You know, and if you just take it and bury it and then hand back the one, that's not a good thing. I, I want to see a return. And I start thinking, is he seeing a return on me? What investment has he made in me? Am I not getting that, re- that investment back? Oh, wow. That's awesome. <clears throat> Say that again. So, you know, Matthew 25, you know, he gave out various amounts of money. In this case, it was a, a t- the talent in this context was 100 pounds of silver. So yeah. he gave the first guy 500 pounds of silver, the second 200 pounds of silver, and the third guy 100 pounds of silver. You know, so that's about $25,000 in today's economy. Hmm. And the one guy was afraid. He said, you know, I, I knew you'd be a hard, cruel master who, you know, who takes back what he's never given and, and treats people unfairly. So I just hit it. I, I, just, I hit it in the ground. I didn't know what else. I was paralyzed by fear. And, but the, the, the two and the five count guys, they went, immediately went out and started tr- doing commerce and trading and, and risking all of it in hopes of getting more back. And they got more back. The guy who buried it, all he had was the talent. He gave it back. There you go. There's your talent. Hmm. And so I was thinking, you know, and it, it caused quite a bit of angst in me. I'm like, well, God, what have you invested in me? Wow. Am I just burying it? Or am I truly risking, you know, myself in investing in your kingdom and giving you a return for your investment? Wow. So how are believers misinterpreting scriptures then regarding this mindset about money? Well, I, I think uh, one of the big things is um, we have this, this idea of fairness, Yeah, you know, that life should be fair and that, you know, of course, God must be the most fair of all because salvation is given free to everybody. But when it comes to the the talents that he gives to us, he actually goes the opposite direction. Those people that even says to him who has, um, to him who has more will be given. That's right. To him who does not have, even what he thinks he has is going to be taken away from him. So he is looking for people that he can invest a great deal in, whether that would be money or talent or connections or relationships or whatever form of wealth God wants to, he wants to find people who are the five talent people who he can invest enormous amounts in and get a lot back for his kingdom. And so I think one of the misinterpretations we have is that that sense of fairness. And we should always stress, you know, be a, a, you know, a five talent or a ten minor person comes back and says, well, here's ten more minors. And I think the second interpretation that people get wrong is that, that somehow money is evil. Mm. You know, and it, it, the more money you have, the more evil you must be. And so we're very afraid, like, like Jackie was saying, we're very afraid of having money. We're afraid of, of God imparting things to us. Um, and we run away from that. And instead, we should we should run towards saying, God, I'm I'm so blessed that you would invest this in me, and so I want to have the wisdom to be able to go out and risk that stuff that you've given to me to create more. And it's all about risk. It's about the ability to take risk because we believe in God as being our source. Amen. It's like I'm thinking of a, like if you go to a plumbing supply place, there's different sizes of pipe, right? There's two-inch right. pipe, there's five-inch pipe, there's, you know, two-feet pipe. And so one of the things somebody taught me was that we're supposed to be like a pipe. 
So, so God trusts us as he knows who he can trust. So, so as he trusts us, he imparts, you know, more, um, blessings to us and they can be financial and then we're supposed to be like a pipe saying okay lord uh let let this flow out now where, where do you want me to you know where do you want me to bring your kingdom through me releasing the blessings of this money and the more you learn how to release the more your pipe gets wider <laughs> is that exactly exactly because you're not yeah, and I... go ahead I mean, that's just, that's awesome, awesome part, because that's, God wants all of us to be the, the biggest pipe we can be. You know, he wants us to be, and the thing is, you know, wealth and poverty, it's, it's not really about money. One of the things I've, I've seen in, in studying for this and, and pouring through the scriptures, there's really two things God's looking for, and that is, what do we trust and what do we treasure? Amen. And if we can trust and treasure him, then he he has the ability in us, the maturity in us, that he can entrust vast wealth in us, and it's not going to affect us. It's not going to pull us over to the dark side. It's you know we're going to be always in him, and at the same time, if we trust and we treasure him, you know he can allow us to go through times of great need, and we're not going to turn on him. Yeah. We're still going to value him and trust him and treasure him and say, Lord, even though we're we're getting by on pennies right now. That doesn't matter because we're people of infinite wealth because we have a God of infinite wealth. And so our circumstances, like Paul said, you know, I, I've been, I've had plenty and I've, I've yes. done a lot, and yes. I can be content in either because God is my source. Yes. And I, I think that the Lord has been in His great blessing with the, um, with the shaking in America of the economy. I, you know, I have two degrees, and mm-hmm. I have a degree in international business and in, and in business. Uh, BS in business, and so what? You know, watching the the shaking of people and people losing everything, and then arising with a whole new relationship with God and a whole new mindset. So, when did this start, though? When you got this different thinking about money, and who introduced you to this mindset? Well, interestingly enough, Jackie and I have gone through this process. Of, you know, I, was, I was working at Microsoft, I was making really good money, and we're thinking, you know. I was, Pouring money into a 401k, and quite by accident, we got introduced to. Um, it, it was actually an unbeliever who kind of started the whole thing, talking about how he had lost everything mm. and rethought, you know, the whole idea of wealth. And um, it was through him and, and, and another few unbelievers actually talking about money. Then we were introduced to several good books, which we'll later on we'll recommend um, to people. But okay, um, so the, the good books written by by really godly men talking about money in a way that we had never heard about before, huh. and really kind of shaking to the roots what our belief system was. You know, the typical get a good job, earn good money, put money in four hundred one k, retire someday. You know, and I realized that, that I was basically moving down the discipleship road of trusting in money, mm-hmm. you know, and putting money away, and hopefully we'll have enough that we can just retire on and do our own thing and stuff like that, and and, and, and being moved from that to really understanding God is our source in all things, at all times, um, and really seeing the poverty spirit in Scripture, and especially in the Matthew 25 passage, where you know, the, the servant 
uh, he had a perception of who the, the wealthy landowner was. And, you know, in the parable, of course, the wealthy landowner is God. We're the servants. And the one talent servant had a perception. He says, you know, I, I knew you to be, uh, I was afraid of you because I knew you would be a hard man who reaped who, where he didn't sow. And the word know is the word, you know, that we use for experiential knowledge. You know, I had an experiential knowledge that you were a hard person. But then the landowner refers back, and he uses a different Greek word that says basically, oh, so you perceived that? Is that how you saw things? Mm-hmm. You know, and so we see that, that the poverty mindset distorted the perception of the servant. So we started seeing, you know, in our case, we can, we can poverty, the poverty mindset can distort our perception of God, and we see God as a stingy, harsh God who withholds from us and is, is, wants to keep us, you know, in, in want and in lack and, you know, enjoys doing that or something like that. You know, and, that's, and that causes fear in us, so we want to hide what we have. Mm. And so it was, it was studying the scriptures and reading these books and hearing from these people that I really started to kind of step out of what I'd always thought about things and looking at the scripture for what it was and saying, Holy Spirit, what does your word say? What is it saying to me? And, you know, seeing how, how this, particularly Matthew 25, really changed my perception that I, I was in poverty. I was, you know, regardless of how much money I was making or how much money we had in our 401k, it was really a fear of that it's not enough. We have to have more. We have to have more. We have to have more money. And, you know, that desire for it. So what does your life look like now? You, you've embraced this biblical worldview about wealth and money. So, how, so what does your life look like now? What, what's, how are you different? Well, uh, we have, we've become riskers. We've, we have put our faith to the test. Uh, a little over a year ago, you know, God was speaking to me particularly, but you know, I was in prayer with my wife, Jackie, as well, and and I, even though I had a very secure job at Microsoft, and normally that would be that, hey, just stay there, you know, keep working. I really felt God saying, I want you to leave. I want you to trust me. I want you to leave. Amen. I know that place. And, which is a crazy thought because, you know, <laughs> there's awesome benefits and there's a great company. And I could, you know, but it's like, it like God kept saying, do you trust me or do you trust Microsoft? Amen. And so I ended up leaving of my own free will. And... You know, we've we've been in a uh, a journey together, the two of us, and uh, and and with, with some of our, our our great clients out there, and developing you know a business and serving other people and helping them to achieve their goals, and really trusting in God. And mm. he he has been so faithful to us through the whole thing. You know, and we're we're not wealthy by any means, but I think we have a greater wealth of faith in Him, Amen. seeing Him provide, seeing Him come through, Amen. and risking the cows we've got, because when I was at Microsoft, I really wasn't able to put all that He had put in me and make it available to other people as, as value, and now we, I'm able to do that, and we're both able to combine our strengths and, and work with people and help them achieve their goals, goals that they've wanted to do all their lives, and they just haven't been able to. And it's it's thrilling to us to see that happen. That's awesome. We have a couple of minutes left, and Jackie, I just wanted to ask you, what are three things that the listeners can take away from this interview? Thank you so much, Barb. We really appreciate you having us. 
Well, three things. Number one, you know, God is a relation, God of, of relationship. Mm-hmm. The first thing we recommend, Barbara, is that believers meet regularly and be accountable to a believer mm. who is successful in his marriage, family life, business, and community, and who has a kingdom mindset about wealth. You know, mm. get coached by this person, meet with this person for lunch, or buy them coffee, what mm. have you. Uh, or join a group of believers who want to be accountable to each other so that they can live prosperously as opposed to having a poverty mindset. That's the first uh, thing we recommend. Secondly, we recommend that folks begin listening to or watching videos from people who have a biblical worldview and a kingdom mindset of wealth and money. Because money is just a tool. Okay? And then the last thing is we recommend four books. The first one is... Money and the Prosperous Soul by Stephen De Silva, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, De Silva, S-I-L-V-A, he's from Bethel Church. Second one is Breaking the Spirit of Poverty by Mark Pfeiffer, T-F-E-I-F-E-R. The third one is Wealth, Riches, and Money by Craig Hill and Earl Pitt. These are all believers. And the final book is by uh, a Jewish rabbi, Business Secrets from the Bible, Spiritual Success Strategies for Financial Abundance by Rabbi Daniel Lappin, L-A-P-I-N. That's awesome. Well, um, Jim and Jackie Mori have uh, helped us learn about this poverty mentality, and you can go to our website, Going Deeper with God, or the Facebook page. In fact, if you go to the Facebook page and write what you liked about the interview, Jim and Jackie would like to present you with their new book, Your 21st Century Business Card. And we will have some notes and the podcast of, of this broadcast because I believe you, that God wants you to sit under this word and he can do your, transform your hearts. And I'd like to ask that, uh, Jackie, you would just close us in prayer right now. I'd love to. Father God, thank you so much that it is your desire to lavishly, generously bless your sons and your daughters. Absolutely. And all creation is crying out for the sons and daughters to be revealed, the mature sons and daughters to be revealed. And Father, you've called us through Jesus to disciple nations. So Father, would you deliver all of us from the poverty mindset so that we might advance your kingdom for your glory and for your purposes. And we thank you, Lord Jesus. May you be, may your fame be advanced, and may your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Said a word.